it's time for a radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, it's our Bun Bun Fay Fair, Princess Di, with us. Hi, Bun Bun Fay Fair, <laughs> Princess. <laughs> Hello, Sir James. <laughs> Fay Fair Fair, that would be Fay Fair James. Fair, did you understand any of that? Unfortunately, I do understand the overall direction. You understand it? I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't understand what the hell this girl was talking about. My favorite bum bum bin bin. What the hell are these kids talking about? What's wrong with these kids? Well, listen. That's what I'm saying. The details of it change minute by minute, but the overall direction. Yes, we understand. It's it's wickedness, basically. <laughs> but listen, I've been thinking about something. You know, we've got the LGBTQIA plus initials for this movement. And I've been thinking of it. It's kind of like a map. It's it's a journey. You know, we started out with the LG. Yeah. Lesbians and gay and gay marriage. We mm-hmm. skipped over B pretty quickly, and now we have landed on the T, which is what, uh, the transgender movement. The drag queens are part of that. So it seems to me that we could put a little arrow around the T and a star. You are here. <laughs> you know, we are on the T. And, and so I said to myself, well, where are we going next? You know, so the QIA is queer intersection asexual, and then there's a plus. So, you know, we started out sort of slowly where there was a fight over gay marriage for for decades. And then since then, it's just everything is going very quickly. And so we're going to move on pretty fast to after trans is their victory. This is the left. Agenda. Then we're going to go to these next things. Now, who knows what they're going to demand society do next? But it's not good. Well, I still don't understand what an intersexual thing is. Look, I, as as you heard me say before, I have a lot of um, empathy for people that have dysphoria. I mean, and it's a real thing. And D- Diana, I, I admit, I also didn't know. And one of these days, I have to pull this story out. I read a story that, to me, it was shocking. And that was that um, there was there were cases when children are born where the gender is not really established. I didn't know. I, I'm sorry. I mean, well, it used to be me called hermaphroditism. Yes, it used to be called hermaphroditism. And now that, that word is politically incorrect. But, James, this is such a small percentage of human beings and the movement is using this small percentage to change our entire society and now they are aiming at the children and that is the point where the parents are starting to engage there was a lot of feeling once uh, the supreme court basically okayed gay marriage people basically said all right we lost that battle Fine, you know, live and let live is the basic American point of view. But once 
They started coming from for the children, which the T, the trans community, has done explicitly with this drag queen thing. It's not as if they're saying, you know, hey, drag queens are part of American society or whatever, and adults enjoy, enjoy them some. That I think most people are fine with as part of freedom, but but it's a different category altogether when you're demanding it started with the story hour for children and then you're demanding it be in school for elementary kids. And parents are saying, no, it's inappropriate. So that to me is different than accepting that there are people who behave differently, but to demand society reinvent and reorganize itself to celebrate the, the the particulars of these sexual proclivities? No. People are saying, no, we stop here with the children. Well, let us see whether that happens or not. I mean, you have Mayor Adams basically saying, yeah, and, and the Miami uh, the Miami's leading newspaper. Yeah, 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 we want these drag queens in schools. I don't under this This stuff to me is just, I don't know how you can look at it other than trying to groom children into a lifestyle. Yes, Yes. clearly. And I don't think they understand how most people in this country are responding to this. Like, what are you talking about? This is nuts. People are outraged at it. And there's, you know, they can't use the usual arguments about, you know, this is bigotry and religious, you know, narrow mindedness and all of those things. I mean, they are trying it. But you're talking about the vast majority of parents who are saying this is absolutely not not my child, not in my school. You're not going to do this. So the the midterm elections actually are turning on a lot of these issues, as I mentioned yesterday. The Hispanic uh, traditional voter is basically turning away from the Democrat Party because of this. And Biden, as I said, is at 24 percent approval among Hispanics. And that is a political death knell for the Democrat Party. And I don't think they realize it. Well, I hope you're right, because this is I don't know. I got to ask you about an ugly story. And I kind of shied away from this. And I hope I didn't put you on the spot with this one. Um, This Tucker talked about it last night, Tucker Carlson. Uh, this diary that Joe Biden's daughter, I mean, they got laptops to turn it up with, with, with the son, Hunter, and now this diary with Biden's daughter. And I read one or two of the details of it, and I'm like, ew, what the, yeah. what's going on with this family? Yeah, and that was basically Carlson's point that this is a sick and horrifying uh, record of this man as a father. And he actually called for Biden's resignation, Carlson did. But the details of it are really horrible. And I remember reading about it when the New York Times covered it in November of 2021. Uh, The New York Times reported the Department of Justice was investigating the theft of this diary. That was the word that they used. They confirmed that the diary is authentic. Apparently, Ashley Biden, who is now 41, who has publicly admitted to having, you know, long-term problems with drugs and alcohol. She has, from the time she was a teenager, and she apparently, in a halfway house, left her diary 
under a mattress and someone else came along and was staying for similar reasons in that same halfway house and found the diary. And then because this person has had issues herself, was trying to sell it, sell the diary. And that information then became public and the details are awful. And she wrote that she was hypersexualized at a, a young age. And she said, I remember having sex with friends at a young age, showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. And so that is the information that, you know, basically came out uh, months ago, but now is um, because it's being prosecuted by the, the Biden secret police, the FBI and the Department of Justice. The fact that this diary was recovered and they're hanging the legal thread of the investigation and the prosecution of this of this other woman who found the diary on the fact that she tried to sell it. So that's the crime, because, as you know, that the, you know, FBI came storming into Project Veritas had James O'Keefe's apartment, you know, up against the walls, handcuffed and all of that rough treatment because he was the recipient, apparently, at one point of this diary and never did anything with it, according to James O'Keefe, never published it. He investigated and wasn't able to confirm it to his satisfaction. But that's not uh, an excuse, according to the Department of Justice. The fact that you were involved in, in embarrassing the president, Joe Biden, is enough to put you in the slammer. Wow. Um, again, I you know what, Diana, I... I know that Democrats, if this were happening to, let's say, uh, Donald Trump, they would be all over this. There'd be front page stories. It'd be nothing but wall-to-wall news coverage of inappropriate behavior. But this is so sleazy. I don't even want to. I don't. I don't even yes. feel comfortable. I, I feel talking the same way. This. It is in a category that is just awful. But it's also not the only thing. The the laptop information that you get about. You know, the Biden son who has similar, you know, problems with drugs and alcohol and the the political information in those is I think to land on that is is more important because, yes, these people are screwed up clearly as a family. But the fact that that Hunter Biden claims in the diary that he, he was able to get his father to talk about in policy discussions and in speeches and to pursue policy, anything that Hunter asked him to. So, you know, whether or not that's the brag of, of, of an addict, I don't know. But that should be looked into. Is it true that policy was decided by Joe Biden as vice president and then later campaigning based on what Hunter Biden wanted him to say and do? That, to me, needs to be investigated. And Joe Biden should be asked. The Clintons, both of them have were on some interview claiming democracy. They they feel th- that democracy in America could go away. I wish the Clintons would go away, and I mean politically <laughs> speaking. Just you know, I just I'm just so over the Clintons. Do you is anything here worth even discussing? Well, it's interesting because it makes me happy they're all worried. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of the liberals <laughs> are really worried. And, you know, they're using this a poll tested phrase, our democracy. We're losing our democracy. What they mean is they're losing Democrat Party victories. It's not has nothing to do with democracy. As you rightly said, we are a republic, representative republic. But that clearly tested well because they're all, you know, basically it's a mantra, losing our democracy. And both Bill and Hillary said that. Uh, Bill said that on a late night show, we could completely lose our constitutional democracy. And Hillary said that the United States is on the precipice of losing our democracy. And, you know, they basically see the doom of their party happening. And, of course, if people don't agree with liberals, then, of course, then they're, they're you know, anti-American, non-patriotic, and they need to be shut up, according to the left. So the fact that, I mean, they're... Uh, last thing. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm sorry. We're just running out of time. Last thing for the day, and I'm still holding this stupid, this, this, this thing, this political article. It moves into week two next week. There are so okay. many things preceding it, but I'm, I'm all right. But this one, I Ruth Marcus today, this okay. sob, sob story. Ruth Marcus columnist with WAP with the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Poor Sotomayor. Oh my goodness, her soul has been crushed. Because of all the defeats, to be a to be a liberal on the court is so sad now. It's just pathetic. How does she live with it? And then, by the way, I was surprised. Sotomayor actually came out and said, "Hey, guys, uh, Clarence Thomas is a really nice guy." <laughs> yes, this is a it's of a of a similar subject than the one you were just talking about. The title is The Soul-Crushing Lot of a Supreme Court Liberal. And it is, you know, as you say, a sob story about the wise Latina, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and how can she possibly survive? It is so unusual in an institution that liberals are participating in that they are in the minority. They cannot cope with it. They don't know what to do. How can we survive? How can she go on? And she says, <laughs> I, 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 sometimes I cry. She cries because she thinks that the credibility of the Supreme Court is at stake and that, you know, the people uh, in the American public are going to basically say that the Supreme Court has no value because her side is losing, which is absurd. Absurd because throughout its history, you've had decisions based, I mean, by definition, you have decisions where there are people in the minority who are in the dissent. I mean, you do sometimes have unanimous votes, but very rarely. So the idea that there's dissenting opinion is so unfamiliar when it's them that, that basically the question is, can the institution survive? Can it go on? And as I said, this is so happy making that the left is realizing their power is is literally ebbing. It's going out. And this is a wonderful thing for America. And I wanted to ask a question. You know, we're yes. talking about what's soul crushing for a Supreme Court liberal. Has anyone asked about the crushing lot of an unborn child. Amen. 
Thank you. And on that note and that question, we'll call it a day. Princess Diana, always a pleasure. I just have to make one final thing. There's uh, now, uh, in addition to tampon shortages and, and baby uh, 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 baby formula, there's a hot sauce shortage. I have a solution. How will we go on? <laughs> go ahead. We asked Hillary. Hillary, can we have some hot sauce? Because Hillary, <laughs> we were told, always has hot sauce in her pocketbook. Yes, that's true. Maybe she can pass them out. <laughs> that's what she told when she was on when she was on black radio. That's what she said. She was trying to pander to black folks. I like hot sauce too. In case people didn't know the context. Thank you, Princess <laughs> Di. We'll speak with you on next Friday. Thank I you, can't Highness. wait. Thanks, thanks, Sir James. WABC Talk Radio 77. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your calls and more coming up. Don't go away.